I, I think the poet or the filmmaker or the musician, the poet must not avert his eyes. You must not avert your eyes. This is what is coming at us. that tries to hear that one nostalgic sound effect amongst the screams of a deranged and angry god. I'm Paul Salt. I'm Paul Goodman. And today we shall be discussing Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, the second part in Michael Bay's Transformers... There's five of them now, what does that make this? Tetrology? Pentology? Pentology. Pentology. We got that. Sure. Yup. Um, he's a genius in um, surpassing the three-act structure to realise that five, possibly even seven acts, is in fact the superior way of telling a story. It's the true art form. It is. Um, if only that fucking idiot Dante had realised this, he might have um, gone beyond Paradise to include um, <laughs> the Age of Extinction. <laughs> if Aristotle wasn't such a homo. <laughs> oh, he's a loser. I hope yeah. someone blows up his temple in a massive stupid explosion. Good news, Paul. let's get into it let's get into it yes this is um michael bay's 2009 follow-up to his own movie transformers itself based on the um 1980s cartoon show which itself was based on a line of toys from japan uh marketed by hasbro peter rayner at the christian science monitor said i would like to think that even if i was 14 either in body or spirit i would still find this film an impossibly incomprehensibly overlong and cacophonous bore much like his own review there. <laughs> the irony. The irony. Um, you might think that's rather implausible for a 14-year-old, but I actually wrote a review of my um, uh, school play, which suggested it was um, overly long and a cacophonous bore. <laughs> I didn't make a lot of friends. <laughs> uh, Dana Stevens, um, over at Slate, said the simplest thing Bay could have done to clarify the stakes of the robot wars would be to visually distinguish the robots from one another in some way. Armbands, mm. shirts and skins... Hello, my name is Stickers. Yeah, could have been good. Meanwhile, um, public reaction was uh, interesting. Um, what I have here is a list of five-star reviews on um, Amazon.com, and I'm just going to read them all to you. Great effects. Good condition. Very happy. Very good. Loved the Transformers. The older boy gave me this comment. Great guys movies. <laughs> Great product. Fast delivery too. Good. Excellent quality. Fast dispatch. Bargain price. Well happy. <laughs> These are these are the fans. Yeah, and um, they're a the convincing bunch. Um, Paul, you cacophonous bore. Hello, hello. Um, what is one good thing about Hasbro's Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen? I think it's kind of special that this is a universe in which Michael Bay actually exists as a character, as a director of films. A director, a successful director mm. of films, a man who not only managed to make Bad Boys, but Bad Boys 2 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Shia LaBeouf goes into his, uh, his, his, his college dorm in one of the scenes early on in the film. Uh, there's a Bad Boys 2 poster. Yeah. In uh, in there, and you said in the first one, there's an Armageddon. Yes, in the first movie, uh, there's a scene in which um, a bunch of kids are filming a series of explosions, and one of the kids remarks that this is way crazier than Armageddon, um, which you might think is a clever callback, but it isn't. Um, there's something wonderful about that. In the same way that I found 
um, the, mo- the more horrifying parts of the Christmas tree horrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of ego there to seep in. There's a tremendous amount of ego. Um, I-, I think there has to be a certain amount of lack of a certain lack of shame to make a movie like this. It's mm. um, it's two and a half hours long, Paul. A long two and a half hours. I mean, that's the same length as 2001 A Space Odyssey. Even begins with a very similar scene, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. We begin our epic in a time of primordial man, when we see sort of cavemen hunting and trying to bring down... I believe it's a cougar they're attacking, first of all. Sure. There's like a big cat they're attacking. Mm. And um, uh, it's then revealed uh, through narration that we have encountered each other before. Mm. And they go over a hill, and there's a big old transformer fest going yeah. on. There's a big machine being built by big machines. Yeah. Um, it's Michael Bay's idea of a carbon copy of the obelisk scene in um Yeah, do you remember in the in obelisk scene in 2001 where the monkeys are asleep, they go to sleep, mm-hmm. and they wake up, and that, that, um, that music by uh, Ligeti starts playing. It's, it's building menacingly. And, uh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, and the monkeys yeah. are looking at it, but you can't see it. Yeah. And the monkeys start panicking, and they're seeing this thing, and it's freaking them out, and they're jumping around. And then it cuts to a wide shot, and the music gets even more intense. Just, oh, and the monkeys are jumping about the place and freaking out at this yeah. huge, this just pristine, perfect obelisk sticking out of the ground. Mm. And it's unlike anything that's around it. Yeah. And... It's it's scary, yeah, and it's awe inspiring, and it's beautiful and terrifying, and it sets the scene and it sets the tone for the yeah. rest of the film. Yeah, the idea that <laughs> you're you're the monkeys here, Stanley Kubrick is saying you're the monkeys, yeah. and this is what I'm going to do to you by putting and everything in front of you. And what you get when you uh, in Transformers is you come <laughs> across and see a huge C- CGI mess yeah. of people just ex- extracting things from this from this transformer and then the transformers turn on the the the, the paleo guys yep. and they start smush, smushing them into the ground and it sets the tone uh, it's a complete <laughs> mess absolute nonsense and Impossible it sets the tone to care about because for the rest of the film yeah, yeah. It, um, it's glossed over they, yeah. they they're running up the hill and then it's just there yeah um there's no there's, i don't even remember a reaction shot from the monkey man no like a shot of them just looking at it and going whoa no it was just Keanu Reeves stuff it was well, as ever, the movie was moving too fast to yeah. know what anyone was thinking at any one time. And this is M- Michael Bay saying, "You're the monkeys, and I'm gonna <laughs> come all over you." I mean, it's only a two and a half hour movie, Paul, and they've got a lot of plot to cover. This is like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Um, but yes, yeah, so we cut from that. Mm. Is it immediately followed by the Hong Kong scene? Shanghai scene. Shanghai scene, yes. sorry. Yes, it cuts to Shanghai. Yeah. Because um, come see our movie, Chinese people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's plenty of good reasons to set films in China. Mm. Um, I don't feel that they made the use of their um, of their setting in as much as it's just after. A, well, after the park. initial... Yeah, after the initial shot, I completely forgot it was in Shanghai. There were no Chinese people. Oh, there was a Chinese person there. There was a little old man eating his noodles. Yes. Uh, and then a massive robot crashed behind him, and he didn't even stop eating the noodles. Because he's a deaf old man. He's a deaf old man. Stupid old and, uh, man. Luckily, all of um, Shanghai consists of deaf old men, yeah. because um, in spite of the fact that a lengthy robot fight happens in Shanghai, nobody seems to mm-hmm. notice it or report it to any authorities. That's the problem with the one-child policy, Paul. It's an aging population. It's actually it's quite sad. <laughs> All deaf old men. Mm-hmm. Because everybody threw the girls away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cutting political Cutting drama p- from Michael Bay. <laughs> Take that, China. Yeah. We don't want your money. We really want your money. Yeah. Please come see our movies. We'll put Donnie Yen in anything. Anything. Yeah. And then I'm going to come all over him. 
You're disgusting, Michael Bay. I hate you. I hate you too. But me, let's talk more about this yeah. movie you've made for us. <laughs> let's not get episodic, okay? Old timer? Beginning, middle, end. Facts, details, condense, plot, tell it. Okay, so the reason that they're in Shanghai is because after the first movie, mm-hmm. the Decepticons have scattered all around. Uh, to Shanghai, it seems. Uh, Shanghai seems to be the only place we actually see mm-hmm. one. Um, and the Autobots are hunting them down and uh, killing them mercilessly mm-hmm. by shooting them in the face. Yeah. Callously. Giving without... some good sass. Yeah, giving them some good old sass. Punk-ass Decepticon. Any last words? Good old-fashioned robot sass. <laughs> like, you come to know from Optimus Prime. Everyone knows Optimus Prime, trash talker. <laughs> right up Optimus there with Shaft. Prime, uh, Django. <laughs> you jive turkeys. And Spider-Man. Yeah. Those three. So, yeah, they hunt down and ki- mercilessly kill a member yeah. of the, of the um, opposite team. Cut from this dark... Um, explosion-filled um, action sequence to a very overlit American mm-hmm. house in um, the suburbs, yeah. where we we reunite with our main character Sam Witwicky and his wacky name. family. Boar. Yay! You love oh. these guys. Remember them? <laughs> They're so crazy. Remember the long sequence in the first one where the mum thought that he was masturbating and came in and gave a long oh. speech about how it's okay to masturbate and he shouldn't just, be ashamed. And just genius. Oh, they're the best comedic characters. I love oh. them so much. And they're back <laughs> like a inoperable tumour. <laughs> <laughs> Sam is getting ready to go to college. Yes. Oh, big time. Yeah. Like big time one. in a young man's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and his mother is upset about him going to college. Um, the mother is one of the worst characters I've ever seen in a movie ever. I hate her <laughs> a lot. I feel so The the greatest villain of cinematic his, in cinematic she, history. She really is. She's yeah. just. She feels like. Remember, we talked about how Kevin James did an impression of someone he hates mm. uh, in order to come up with more plot, blah, blah. Um, I feel like Michael Bay hates his mum, <laughs> or perhaps yeah. they're in Kruger and uh, the other two hate their mums. Yeah, and so they wrote this awful character to satirize all all mothers. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I like the idea that Michael Bay didn't read the script. <laughs> Um, he just shot it. Yeah. Um, he just made sure that everyone else had. So the other two, Kurtzman and um, Orky, Orky. Yeah. Uh, just they hate their mums. They're the op- they're the opposite of Batman and Superman. Yeah, and they just hate her, and we hate her too for unleashing these men yeah. upon the world. <laughs> um. Anyway. Um. He's going to college, and he's not going to take his um girlfriend or his talking robot car with him. No. Why? He wants a normal life. He wants um, a normal life yeah. without a talking robot car. He wants a normal. He wants a normal life uh, <laughs> without a talking robot car, without a Megan Fox. <laughs> Unfortunately, he can't have a normal life because he lives in the Bayverse, and so every single character he's going to encounter is going to be awful. Mm-hmm. Um, his college roommate is another genuinely awful person, on par mm. with his mother. Um, an obnoxious sort of, combustion an ob- engine. An obnoxious, fast-speaking um, p- uh, conspiracy theorist. I mean, it's weird how characters are introduced with traits, and then after their initial scene, all those traits just go, yeah. and they just become part of the Bay Collective, <laughs> which is, the goal of this movie is to accumulate some characters together, throw them into various locations, and have them involved in action sequences whilst making really irritating quips. 
This is our introduction to our psychic <laughs> our for psychic. the next two and a half hours. Oh, God. Oh, thank fuck. Um, anyway, he goes to a horrifying lecture mm. um, <sighs> hosted by Rain Wilson. Wilson. Of super fame. Of super fame. And there's a moment where, well, he's introduced and he talks about the things he's going to talk about. And one mm. of the things he's going to talk about is gravity. And he takes a bite out of an apple and then he drops it and he kicks it to a woman in the front row. And um, she grabs it and says, yeah. And he says, finish it for me. Yeah. And it's the scummiest, grimiest thing you've ever seen. And it's shot really unpleasantly. Just mm. close-ups and yeah. sweat and bright sunlight and just... Uh, We're going on a journey together, you and I, today. All you eager, nubile young minds on the very cusp of adulthood. <laughs> Michael Bay has a way of capturing people in a way that is just so unpleasant and maybe maybe we're just the wrong audience for this and maybe um maybe maybe there are people who just who think oh i love i love these films the characters are so zany and zany and out random it's it's only us who feel just deeply deeply reviled like revulsed i mean he must have thought we'd find that funny yeah yeah we'd we'd think it was funny that rain wilson is hitting on his students and being gross Mm. But then the the very next shot, and I remember pointing this out, was a close up of Megan Fox's ass. Yeah, and uh, and it was it was her in hot pants leaning over a motorbike to yeah. use her phone. Yeah, um, for no reason. Well, g- g- girls always. This is how they all answer their phones, Paul. I don't know if you've ever seen a girl <laughs> oh, shit, answer her phone. My phone is ringing. I've got to find a motorbike <laughs> yeah. to drape myself over. S- spread my legs over it, and um, <laughs> it was just yeah. It was a, it was a shot of me- Megan Fox's bum. Yeah, with um in hot pants, yeah, with shitty butt rock playing, yeah, and it was and it was just oh, like, rock. hey guys, do you remember do you remember boobs? <laughs> but the what I love about the music is that the tone shift is so like a knife edge. Mm. It's like okay, here's an action sequence. It's okay, done. We're in comedy now. Yeah. Okay, done. Now we're in a nice a sweet moment. Yeah. Like and that's so abrupt. And one of the things that makes it so abrupt is the music changes so forcefully. Yeah. From really shitty like youth rock to bumbly comedy music to it's just it's so it's like a a really bad gear shift yeah and at the same yeah at the same time every scene is shot in the exact same way with the camera sweeping from left to right (laughs) until someone in the room vomits yeah the scene in which um, michael bay comes all over it (laughs) the scene in which shia labeouf and um uh Megan Fox. Megan Fox. Learn the names of the women in the films. I can't. I can't. I hate them so much. Um, The scene where they're talking to each other about who's going to say "I love you" first, which becomes a Mm. recurring thing in the movie. It's the closest thing to a nice like in joke they have. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, and that scene is just filmed while circling them. It's the exact same thing that he does when um, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith are discussing in Bad Boys 2 about how they're going to go get the drug dealers who have kidnapped his daughter. (laughs) It's the same technique of spinning the fucking camera around the two characters as they face each other. I don't know what the film gets out of doing stuff like that, of filming Mm. things in that way. Because um, as soon as you make the camera too fluid, too possible of going everywhere and anywhere, Mm. the audience loses its relationship to it to what they're seeing it just becomes nonsense and they can't relate to what they're seeing Mm. and i think that was a big problem with the action sequences Mm. in this because a lot of people say oh transformers you know yeah it's got really awkward obnoxious comic comedic relief it's got really um bad characters but Mm. the action's good it's 
not. No. It's really dull, mm. and it's impossible to relate to, and it's just a headache on film. One of the issues is there's not a single... Um, well, not until later, in fact, that there's a single pause in the film. Yeah. There's no... There's no gap in the sound there's no there's no like silence there's no moment for reflection <laughs> yeah it's it's just when when one scene ends a scene which is just people talking 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 kevin james style yeah that one ends and straight away we're in we're in a new scene where something else obnoxious is happening somebody's yeah. dancing and or like making a joke <laughs> about how big his penis is or pretending to have shat their pants so that they can get past security yeah and there's just no and, and if and if nobody's speaking then there's there's just horrible music playing in the background or yeah. if none of that's <clears> happening then the camera spinning yeah and 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 so by the time it gets to to the action there's there's nothing that you can com- compare relate it to, to. Yeah, or, yeah or or relate to yeah yeah it's just and the characters are just so far removed from anything that you would mm. understand even our hero shia labeouf who throughout this college sequence has just been so annoying mm. even before he's possessed by the allspark um he is just being really dickish to his neighbors mm. and really rude to his parents yeah. and who are to be fair are really fucking annoying mm. It's just really annoying. Uh, but then he becomes possessed by the Allspark. He has some information shot into his brain. And he starts running around campus, writing things down everywhere and talking really fast mm. and being really annoying <laughs> whilst doing surprise, it. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. Um, it's a really unpleasant and irritating performance. Bring down the elemental components of energy on a single constant K rating. Extrapolate breach of the... 14 galactic converges took the Sentinel Prime expedition receiving <laughs> Echo on a signal, you wind up with a formula for interdimensional energy creation. A mass alone can't possibly explain. Come on, guys, I can't be the only one in the class. Um, meanwhile, he's being hit on by another sexy woman who, I swear to God, when she was introduced, took me a good 30 seconds to realize it wasn't Megan Fox. It was Mara Kara Wilkinson. <laughs> it was Mara Kara Wilkinson ready for revenge on me and society <laughs> and the world that forsake, forsook her. <laughs> yeah, she starts flirting with um, Sam. And then it turns out she's a Transformer. Mm. Um, Michaela, I think her name is. Uh, Megan Fox's character yeah. travels halfway across America in a, in seconds. Yeah. She has been... Oh, God, I fuck this movie. There's <laughs> still so much to, talk, to explain. Yeah, well... I think I think we can we can skip we can skip forward about thirty minutes because then the tran- um, the Decepticons all chase Shia LaBeouf, and they're looking for. Information in his head? Yeah, information in his head, because it leads... that's the way the film was written. Yeah. Um, and then um, Optimus Prime comes in to defend him. Apparently. Apparently, because he thinks that um, Shia LaBeouf's character has a lot, a big part to play in this film, because that was the way it was written. Yeah. He has um, a destiny. Yeah. Optimus Prime shit talks and mad dogs his way through a fight scene, and then, um, he, he, then he dies. It just occurred to me. The only thing Sam Witwicky does in this film is, aside from having like information pumped into his brain and find the the thing which turns on the evil device, which hey, if that had just stayed missing, mm. none of this would have happened. He gives his life at the end, spoilers, to resurrect Optimus Prime. Yeah, Optimus Prime died trying to protect him, so it was all pointless. It's the perfect Michael Bay movie. <laughs> For fuck's sake, that didn't even occur to me. This whole thing was nonsense. Mm-hmm. The, the, okay, spoiler alert, uh, just the whole thing. The robots yeah. want to get this thing called um, the Matrix of Leadership Yeah. in order to put it into this big machine, which is which the uh, the, the Great Pyramids was actually built around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they want to plug this thing into the, alien, into the machine so that the machine will destroy the sun, which will kill the human race, and mm-hmm. then... Uh, I don't know. I don't know what happens next. 
Profit. And then, and then the fucking army comes in. The motherfucking US army, yeah, everyone. Fucking oh. army. Yeah. Great. America. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah fuck when did yeah. that movie come out? When was Team America? I think before, before Transformers. This, and yet yeah, it is I was quite young a and... perfect parody of it. Yeah. Lots of shots of, uh, of the US army jogging yeah. one way and jogging the next. Doing I mean, some that's cool shit with guns. That was always Bay's signature, was um, gratuitous shots of the army running about the place, mobilising, clicking on their weapons. It was just mobilising for the most part, yeah. wasn't it? It was like, okay, guys, this is it. This is the plan. <laughs> and then it didn't matter what the plan was because all we saw were just, just a, a, num- a number of robots merging on screen. Yeah, whilst people shot guns. Yeah. But there was not, I can't even recall to my mind an image of a human being firing a gun. In this movie. I'm sure there were loads. Um, but like, I try to think, and I think of the fact that we recently watched Hard Target, and there were re- <laughs> lots of people firing guns in slow motion, and it was great. Yeah. I think to the fact we recently saw Hacksaw Ridge, and there were guys like behind those big old machine guns. Mm-hmm. I don't remember a single shot of a single person firing a weapon. No. It's no, just... I don't. I don't either. Maybe that would be um, too aggressive. <laughs> And that portrayed the military in a negative light, and there's nothing negative to say about the military. Except oh. for the man back in Congress. Cuh. It's, oh, military's great, but, oh, yeah. that man. Ah, oh, piss. Piss. So, um, so that's, that's basically the film. Shia LaBeouf, yeah. um, sacrifices himself, and then, um, they love each other again. Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox love each other again. <laughs> I love you, Sam. The Matrix you. of... <laughs> Thanks, thanks, Optimus. Thanks, Optimus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, and they've, they've got the Matrix of Leadership, which is another MacGuffin. Um, which uh, w- one thing? Quick uh, hint here: don't name your MacGuffin after a far better film. <laughs> don't call it like the 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 the, the Boogie Night Spear. <laughs> the 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 <laughs> the royal the royal Tenenbaums China <laughs> chip. Crockery collection. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the end of the film. Credits roll. There's a there's a um, hidden sequence at the end. Michael Bay playing electric guitar on a spinning pedestal, <laughs> giving the finger to some orphans, <laughs> spinning round and round. Because he spends their money on more explosions. He's a genius. He is a genius. Now that's the plot of the movie. Let's talk a little bit about Bayhem. Um, let's come back to Donna Stevens, who indicates that the big problems of this, or the big fight sequences, is you never know who's who. It, it's just, it's so incomprehensibly filmed of just spinning and twirling yeah. and jumping. The second more than one robot came on screen, it just div- div- Nothing. devolved into nonsense. <laughs> yeah. It became absolute gobbledygook. Yeah. Um, there's no, no excuse for Mike, Michael Bay, who, um, with CGI, can do literally anything yeah. that comes to his, uh, strange limited imagination terrifying imagination (laughs) with this weird fetish for 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 ejaculating on inanimate objects it's really strange yeah to have shaky cam and to have it so close up that you can't tell what's going on Uh, we're dwelling on this we're dwelling on laying into it and the Mm. reason for that is because i want you to know dear listener how hard it is for me to now try and find the good things in this because this was a really successful movie and it represents so much of what i hate about that little period of action cinema, which I've got to be honest, I'm a little worried we're blindly meandering back into right now. It was the late noughties. CG had become a lot cheaper and easier mm. to do. Movies like Transformers and Pirates of the Caribbean mm. and various others were at the top of the box office. What? How do you typify it? It's CGI nonsense. Mm-hmm. It's 
really offensively base comic relief. Mm. It's no characters. Yeah. It's having Megan Fox running in slow motion in a very low-cut top through a desert as it explodes around her. And it just says, action movies are for teenagers. Mm. Horny men. And anyone else who tries to get in on it is misguided. This isn't for you. Mm. And I hate it. Rightly so. (laughs) Movies like Inception say, hey, let's see how many people we can get to actually like this by making a movie that we like. Yeah. And then maybe other people will like it too. And men, women, all ages Mm. uh, like it. Yeah, by treating the audience like adults. Yeah, this is a movie made for, not for themselves. I don't know if Michael Mm. Bay enjoys watching his movies. I feel like he makes it for an audience he imagines. I can't imagine he even looks through the camera (laughs) as it's being shot. (laughs) So that's what's at stake here, guys. Mm. We are defending a movie that typifies everything we hate about action cinema. The formula, fundamentally, is there. Yeah. Comedy and action go together. They do. Always have. Yeah. It, it works that like comedy helps endear the audience to the characters yep. um action tests that and then when you come through something the relief is is palpable you know yeah. you can you can spread toast with it yeah i like armageddon all right okay and i like the rock and for some reason i like the island i have a soft spot for the island mm. and it's not necessarily that the the the, the 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 comedy is good or the dialogue is funny but yeah. michael bay often get good actors in um, yeah. to deliver his bad lines. I would say that. I'd say that Nicolas Cage, Sean Connery, um, what was the second movie? Um, Armageddon. Armageddon. Uh, not Bruce, Bruce Willis. Well, Steve Buscemi. Steve, 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 Steve Buscemi. Buscemi. And um, Peter Stormhare. And uh, character actor William Fickner. William Fickner. And then um, coming forward even further. And Jason Isaacs. Jason Armageddon. Isaacks. And Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton. You see, people, right? Yeah. They... The thing is, these are guys with big enough egos and big enough... Um, Dicks. <laughs> yeah, these are guys who've got big... Who can put in performances that are big enough mm. that the dialogue somehow works. Yeah. Like, um, when Nicolas Cage just turns... When some guy comes up to Nicolas Cage and says, Dude, you just trashed your car. And Nicolas Cage can just turn back with all the fucking crazy in the world behind his eyes. All the things that drive men to madness are going on inside his head. <laughs> and say, It's not mine. It just works. It works. Yeah. Um, Shia it, LaBeouf is not that man. No. This film. Yeah. The what? What have, what have we got for comedy? We've got um. We've got the mum. Oh god. Um, eating pot brownies. Eating pot brownies and doing something that no one who's ever uh, taken pot before would ever do. Yeah. Yeah. Running being around, tackling en- energetic, people. physically aggressive. <laughs> and what drug would even do that? Um, coke, yeah, it's coke, co- isn't it? Co- yeah. Cocaine, cocaine, maybe. I'm not sure about. I'm not sure about making you want to run. Yeah, um, I would imagine. And we've also got um, the two, the two robots, Mudflaps and Skid. Oh god, who talk like white, white middle class males? Imagine yeah. black people speak. Hey, Mudflap, what are we gonna do with this shrimp taco? Let me just bump a cap in his ass, throw him in the truck, and then nobody gonna know nothing. Not me. Not my trunk. And so the comedy isn't good. Good. Good comedy in action is laughing, laughing with, and yeah, being invested in the characters. Yeah. Whereas this, it's laughing at. It's like, oh, look how yeah. stupid the mum is. Look how, look how stupid and crazy those robots are. Look, look, um, that guy just shat his pants. Yeah, nah. <laughs> it's really spiteful. Yeah, and actually, it, you're right. It is a good way of character development. Um, mm. we were we were discussing during the film what was the last time because 
we're in a time now where action movies don't feel like you have to have a love interest in mm. the film. Um, and in fact, we actually had to rack our brains a little bit to think about the last time we saw an action movie where there was a love interest yeah. and where we cared about that re- relationship. And we eventually landed on Deadpool, mm. in which we do care about um, the characters and their relationship they have. And really, I think the reason for that is that they're funny together. Yeah. They make each other laugh. They make us laugh, mm. and so we feel invested in their relationship. Yeah, absolutely. But but it, but, it, but in this, it's it's just it's laughing at, and yeah, why not with yeah. So I feel like at this stage we need to turn this around and start talking about good things. Mm. Lightning round, you go. My neighbor John Turturro. John Turturro, one of the Coen Brothers regulars who appears in this movie. Um. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's he reprises his character as um, I believe he was in some form of government agency in the previous one, and he played sure. the shitty character who didn't believe anything that was going yeah. on and was trying to get in the way all the time and had to be overcome, and uh, uh, eventually gets peed on by Bumblebee. <laughs> brilliant, yeah, brilliant. Uh, that was my favorite moment of the whole trilogy um, because fuck anyone who says the first one was any good. Yeah, <laughs> it was garbage. It yeah. was just slightly quieter garbage than this. N- noise shorter fest. and quieter yeah um yeah john Turturro's um, appearance in the film brings about the first uh, cinematic pause Ooh. and it was very nice there was there was about a second of silence as he sort of yeah. he, he recognized his shia LaBeouf character mm. and uh and it was blink and you miss it but i think we both felt it i felt it in my soul yeah just the quiet and it was like what a real film might do yeah even was, though that moment was him looking at sam witwicky and realizing he knows him and being like Oh, your robot peed on me once. Yeah. It, it, just that one moment of recollection in his yeah, eyes where it's he, like, you. Yeah. And loss and sorrow. Yeah. Like an actual feeling. And that's, and that's, and he's a, he's a, he's a typical Michael Bay good actor to come in and, and make yeah. the film more credible, but there's no one else around him. Mm. Um, except for Kevin Dunn once or twice. Yeah. Yes, actually. Um, there were a couple of nice moments between yeah. him and his son in yeah. which, um, there's a very, short-lived moral of letting your kids go in order mm. to make their own mistakes and that way they get to become who they really are yeah um that was in two scenes yeah um it should be pointed out that the only scene that really pulled that off was the final yeah. one of those because the first time they had a good father-son moment that was interrupted by two dogs two dogs having sex in the yes. on the front lawn it's like he's worried people will stop paying attention yeah <laughs> it's like it's like oh god no this is boring two dogs well, are pink well, Something I think I saw on YouTube. Well, I think Bayhem is a, a euphemism for for that, really. Like Bay- Bayhem is this idea of everything happening all of the time. It's yeah. just guns and boobs and fire and and and, and <laughs> guns, and, boobs, and fire. Yeah, the Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah, it's in- incredibly loud and consistently annoying. Incredibly loud. <laughs> Jonathan extremely... Safran Foe's lesser known sequel about Bayhem. It is extremely loud and incredibly close. That's how yeah. he films. Yeah. <laughs> Pull oh. back, make it quieter. You're in a Nolan film. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, actually, in fact, there's a pretty consistent, um, thread is the idea that once you slow down, it gets better because there's a sequence I liked in which a Decepticon satellite takes over an American satellite Mm -hmm. and it looms behind the satellite. It's a long shot of the sort of satellite. If it was no, if it was Mm. a Nolan film, there would have been a fixed shot on the satellite, like mounted on it. And it would have been awesome. It would have been an actual satellite. It would have been an actual satellite. You'd have gone to space to film it. (laughs) But no, we don't get that. We get um, just some shots of this satellite and an evil satellite coming up behind it. And then it unleashes its tendrils, which have lights on it. Mm-hmm. So it's like the jet black vacuum yeah. of space with these light lit up tendrils interlocking into the um, satellite and like spreading out across its circuitry. Yeah. And it looks cool. Yeah. It was um, CGI, but yeah. it was pretty. 
there was there was some decent looking CGI. Um, the um the transforming that was going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially with the smaller ones. Um, yeah. some of it was really um innovative. I think. Yeah. Um, there was one which kind of as it transformed, it became very very thin. I think. Yes, almost that, two dimensional, and I'll, the camera and the camera switched around, and you suddenly there was this wonderful looking, almost looked like a mobile. Yeah, it was a wafer like, thin. Yeah. Um, actually, that comes out of another one of my moments, which is um, so they need to steal information. I seem to remember there was this exact scene in the first one. Mm. They need to steal information from a government installation, and so a cat-looking one, uh, Decepticon, runs up to like a um, a ventilation port on a secret yeah. facility and throws up little balls down the um yeah the 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 chimney, and the mm. balls all. Uh, filter down, you see them scatter, they look like actual balls filtering down for an actual set and they pull at the bottom and they start moving around of their own volition and it's kind of creepy mm. and it's moving about the place and um, then they all form together and like the T2 kind of build up into a long straight thin line and then that thin line becomes the robot, the wafer robot Yeah, and it's cool, Yeah, it looks good generally speaking the small with some very obvious exceptions the small robots tend to be more interesting than the big ones mm. Um, that there's a little bee-like one that cut, that sneaks into the room where yeah. Sam and Megan Fox are hiding, and he like captures it and tears it apart. And it's creepy. It's mm. creepy the idea that these things could be so small you wouldn't even see them. And it's creepy to think that you know microscopic things are trying to kill you. Yeah. How do you defend against that? Yeah. I mean, there's there's an interesting uh, Grey Goo story there to be had with Transformers. He, he could do nanobots. He could do. <gasps> that could be the, the the final sequel, Transformers, the tiny. <laughs> The tinying. <laughs> the tinying. <laughs> um, having said that, the exact polar opposite robot was also pretty cool. The really, really big one. Mm. Um, when he forms together. Devastator? He... Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. The one that sucks up energy. Destructicon. <laughs> Explosure bot. <laughs> I was going to say Terrorbot. <laughs> Punchy Tron. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Mother... <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> the motherfucker the motherfucking robot one <laughs> um when it forms together by like sucking up other yeah. big machines like a big cement mix uh, yeah. mixer and yeah. um uh, and a big old truck and it just sucks it into its being and it yeah. starts becoming part of it that's pretty cool yeah cement mixer bot <laughs> that's the best one yeah. um Okay, do you have, do you have another? Um, there are some very, uh, some very cool, disgusting kills yeah. in this. Um, there's one where Bumblebee um, rips the spinal column yeah. out, of, out of another robot, Predator style. Yeah, and um, all the you know, like lovable Bumblebee. Sp- yeah, Aww. <laughs> he's <laughs> oh, our friend, he's and he just tears the spine out of this other robot, <laughs> and um, just just robot fluid. Is like gooping all over it. Yeah, there's robot fluid. In the yeah. third one, the robot fluid is actually red. Um, so when a, zomb- a robot gets his head cut off, like red fluid just sprays out of its neck. <laughs> um, oh. That's that's close to when Optimus Prime just straight up murders that that other robot. No Optimus. <laughs> Optimus is a fucking maniac. Optimus Prime is meant to be like the the. It's, mm. He's the um. Mascot of this series. He's mm. the one they put on all the posters. He's the big deal. He's, he's your friend, one... kids. What's his character like? He's he's like Michael Shannon's character in Nocturnal Animals. <laughs> he's found out he's got two weeks to live, and he just doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck. He <laughs> he's merciless. Yeah. Um, Gang he... gangland style executions. 
<laughs> um, for fun, for breakfast. Yeah, and he's just the, the final sequence, in which he's just pummeling Starscream and um, mm. uh, the other one, the other, <laughs> the, the fallen, and another one. Yeah, he's just pummeling them and slicing them and punching them, and it's just really nasty. And it's like, mm. let him go. They know they tried to destroy the sun, but Jesus Christ, you've won already. Give me your face. <laughs> yeah. There was a really cool scene of um one of the mini Decepticons rooting around Shia LaBeouf's sinuses when um when it was when it was when it was in and, and inspecting his innards or whatever it trying was. Trying to get the stuff out of his yeah, brain. Trying to get all the magic out of Shia LaBeouf's brain. <laughs> what what are you? How do you work? Yeah. <laughs> Which uh nobody nobody succeeded until Lars von Trier. <laughs> um, but there's but there's a, a scene where this little robot is is going into mm. his mouth down his throat and um, up his nose and it's like tugging at his lips and and stuff yeah. and that looked pretty good but it was also kind of disgusting and it it it, <laughs> it looked um, disgusting it, in a way that didn't actually make us hate ourselves yeah it wasn't oh yeah sorry sorry it wasn't like um, Michael Bay's attempt at comedy disgusting Michael Bay's attempt at introducing a character disgusting or Michael Bay's sh- shooting of yeah shooting a woman. Shooting a woman with Michael Bay's special camera. Woman, which, woman camera. Which, which is his name for his penis. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Um, disgusting, to finish that sentence. It yeah. was it was disgusting in a, in a good, like, oh, that was intentional way. Yeah. Uh, so well done there. Well done there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my only other one is that sometimes the action's real. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it's an actual car getting Whoa. blown up. Sometimes it's an actual stuntman mm-hmm. jumping out of a plane. Sometimes there's real stuff going on. It's just almost impossible to tell when that is mm-hmm. because it's usually in and amongst a whole a, a dan- two dancing CGI robots. Hmm. There is a lot of annoying stuff in mm. this film. Like we, like we said, there's no there's no pause. There's no time yeah. for reflection. And um, is I mean, is that what Bayhem is? Is it just not giving yeah. the audience enough time to think? Yeah, it's it's that. It's, if they have a t- moment to think, they might think, "Oh, I don't know any people like this." Yeah, I can't relate to anything that's yeah. happening right now. It is blocking every available. <laughs> it's blocking what's happening here and now, so that you become like this. Yeah, so you don't have time to think or or the mental faculty to process what's going on. There are several times throughout this film, uh, and maybe I shouldn't be admitting this for a, for a, um, a film film review podcast, but I, I snapped back. In, I came back into the room and went, what has happened in the last 10 minutes? And yeah. I went, okay, I've really got to concentrate this time. <laughs> and it was just like, I was having just yeah. a big old mallet of stupid. Yeah, just, and just... it's it's crazy then that they would do that and have so much plot. I mean, we mm. barely, it was really hard to get through the plot of this, guys, because by the time I took, we were talking about Sam at university, I just panicked. Because so much happens. Mm. He goes to university. He's got this girl who's trying to get information out of him. He's got this stuff in his brain. He wants it out. The American government doesn't want to work with the Autobots anymore. They want them out. They want them to go home. Mm. The Decepticons are trying to get this information. They're trying to get Megatron back to life and find the Allspark and Sam and put it into that pyramid and the Fallen is coming and Optimus Prime is going to die. And it's just, it's it's relentless. Mm-hmm. It, it's just all happening at once. And if you disengage for a minute, you're just not going to know what's happening. There's a point where they say, oh, quick, they're going to blow up the sun. And I just thought, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. They're blowing up the sun. Okay. okay. When, when was that? Yeah. I, I I like to think at the end of this, this, you know, this recording session, I think we've been talking yeah. for a while. Yes. I can't help but feel that Michael Bay is playing greatest trick on all of us, <laughs> on his fans, yeah, on critics, on people like us who have just spent our entire evening yeah. watching a film and then deconstructing it. Yeah. Uh, very calmly, I think. Yeah, um, comparatively. I mean, I, th- I, th- I think we've really come on in, in, in leaps and bounds since Paul Blart and Walcott 2 Blart. Oh, God. But 
I can't help but feel that this is the biggest joke that anyone in Hollywood has ever played on anyone. Yeah. And if he were to listen to this podcast, which he won't because yeah. he's too busy staring at himself on a, in, in a room full of mirrors on this spinning <laughs> pedestal. If, if he were, all he'd, all he'd be doing is giving yeah. us the finger on both hands. He wouldn't, he, he doesn't, he doesn't care. He's, he's one of the highest paid directors. Yeah. Um, one of the most successful directors yeah. of all time. He doesn't care. No. Um, and yet we're the ones talking about it. Oh God, how depressing. Yeah. But okay, so let's, so we've got to focus in on what the good thing about this is. Mm. And for me, I, I think it's pretty clear what the thing that made me feel the most during this is. And I can't help but sp- suspect that maybe this is the thing that just bypasses enough people's sanity to really get them thinking that they are engaged in what's happening long enough to write five-star reviews that consist of three words and no more. Before their brain bleeds out of their nose. Before their brain bleeds out of their nose and they die a Megan Fox-related death, is the sound design. Now, this may sound weird, but I have evidence. The sound design in this movie is great. It's very heavily influenced by the original 1980s uh, cartoons. Any time a robot transforms into something else, or any time, like... No, that's it. Any time a robot transforms into anything else, or, like, is moving around in its own creepy way, um, it makes this this noise. This wah-wah-wah-wah. Or Mm. something like that. Just this really heavily... mechanical, digital-sounding, awesome noise. You may think, well, that's a bit of a leap, isn't it, to suggest that that noise is why these movies are successful? Mm. Watch any of the trailers for these movies. It is heavily featured, Mm -hmm. that noise. Any time the title screen comes up, either in the trailers or in the actual film, it is accompanied by that weird noise. And I can't but feel that that noise is so unusual, so slightly un... In the opening sequence, in which the army is gathering and it's really boring and the Decepticons are all driving up and nothing's transformed yet, the the, um, Autobots are all um, still in their car form, Hmm. they approach the big thing that they're going to chase through Shanghai and suddenly it starts transforming. And it transforms from, like, an old crane, I think, into this thing on two wheels. Yeah. And it transforms quite slowly, and that no- those noises are accompanying it. And it's awesome. Yeah. It's really cool. And then it plunges both of its hands down, and explosions rise up. Mm. And it's it's cool because that noise was building up to it. And it's like, yeah. something's going to happen, something's going to happen, mm. something's going to happen. Here it is. It's about the only weight that yeah. these robots have, Yeah, I think. Um, because then, yeah, it goes and smashes through a bridge, and I, yeah. that was the moment I stopped caring. Yeah. Um, Optimus but, Prime is jumping off of a bridge yeah. whilst another robot is smashing into it and destroying it. Yeah. But you're right, it's it's a meaty noise. It's a thick, like a, an al dente kind of, kind of noise, <laughs> and is. I like it. Um, yeah. And it's perfect for the trailers, and it, the, the film kind of feels like it's... It's the, the the way it's structured, shot after shot. It does yeah. feel like the longest trailer of all time. Yeah. Um. It's a shame that we can't just watch the trailers and be done with it. I'm sure that that's key to its success mm. because it's just tricking people into thinking that they're seeing something cool and slick when they're not. It's dumb and mm. stupid and boring. We've got to we run the risk of uh, coming across as self righteous and indignant, like two <laughs> old orthodox socialists trying to tell we the working classes, trying to tell the working classes they're not allowed to drink alcohol because it clouds their judgment. Well, 
to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. I mean, I'm sure... I, I just struggle to see what people are enjoying about this movie. Yeah. That's why I'm trying to make this contrived connection. Yeah. They've stumbled across the brown noise of yeah. movie enjoyment. I think it's I think it's bamboozling. Mm. Um, he's just pummeling them into submission until they're absolutely just convinced they've had a good time. I I, I think so because it's, it's I mean it's not like people who like Transformers don't like Inception or anything like that. Sure, it's it's, well, it's, actually, it's, it's not. I mean it's not a, a clear separation. Sure, there are obviously people who don't who like Inception and don't like Transformers, and who like Transformers who don't like Inception. Yeah, yeah, the first one is us. <laughs> but um, I uh, no. I have known people <laughs> who uh, usually, you know, otherwise have a decent taste in films who just think it's innocuous and they're like, ah, don't, yeah. you know, go so hard on it. And it's like, well, fine, you know. Yeah, turn um, your brain off is what was always said. And it's yeah. just, it's not, if I could do that, if I could, because John Wick isn't a very intelligent film. Mm. John Wick is not a film that says, hey, pay attention to these themes mm. or care about this character or anything like that. But it has great action. It has incredible action it has the best choreographed gunfights hmm. possibly put to film <laughs> but nevertheless i think we have our one good thing yes all right well thank you very much for bearing with us for our review of um, transformers revenge of the fallen twitter and facebook's the game at ogt pods the name uh what <laughs> yeah so please please get involved we send out uh minimum one joke a week Try not to make it too too many more than that, so as not to spoil anyone. But there'll be updates. There's a soundbite or two if you uh, feel like telling a friend. Yeah. Plus, uh, if you think of a film that fits our mission, then just sling it at, sling it at us like old Farmer Joe's cow pat. <laughs> uh, we also have I an email address. Joe. <laughs> guy's a dick. Every day. He's always trying to sell us his cow pats. <laughs> and uh, I've only occasionally fallen for it. Oh. Um, we also have an email address, which is ogtpod at gmail.com for all those uh, love and hate mails that uh, fit the epic poem format <laughs> and don't belong, don't don't work in Twitter. Finally, to everyone who's recommended uh, films already, episodes 11 to 15 are for you. Yes. Uh, and for episode 10, we're going to be trying something special. So oh, thank you for listening. And uh, if you're listening for the first time, why not do us a real tasty, scrumptious favour and uh, rate us on iTunes, like us, subscribe and tell a friend. My mum thinks it's great and uh, I'm sure yours will too. My mum hates this. Wow. If you'd like to hear more of my work, please check out Nerds Get Bored at WordPress. If you want to check out my work, I'm Lai Warley, Life Worth Living at WordPress. Blah, 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 blah. No, blah, blah, Paul Blart mm, Morcock. Um, um, I'm Paul Salt. I'm Paul Goodman. And remember, the one good thing about Hasbro's Transformers Revenge of the Fallen is... <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.